0: My name's Josh, and I'm the host of Modern Mouse Radio, a weekly series connecting Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars to the real world and connecting the real world back to the stories, heroes, and princesses That we all love. My name's Shannon McCarter, and I am Network 1901's resident fangirl and book lover. I have a strange obsession with Peter Pan, I love Star Wars, and of course, I read like there is no tomorrow. I co host Explain This Book to Me with Dale, where it's basically like a book club, but I am the only one that's obligated to read the books. I'm also the host of the podcast series The World That Never Was, a look into some of the ideas Disney had for its theme parks and the real world issues that led them to. Never be built. I also make videos for our YouTube channel, including a little theory explaining how Jen and Cassian totally survived at the end of Rogue One, which is great news for me considering they're one of my mini OTPs, and that ship totally needs to sail forever. Plus, you can catch me hanging out at Disneyland on our YouTube channel, dropping history, facts, and secrets about the happiest place on earth. So find me along with Shannon, Angie, Danny, Dale, and Andy over at Network1901.com. Bringing you everything under the Disney umbrella. Network 1901.
1: USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio. Expression through innovation.
0: Receiving some sort of transmission. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. What does it sound like? It's some sort of message and music. Music. Routed through the main system. Good idea. Routing now.
1: Transmission
2: commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookiee Empire. I like that Wookiee. Bringing you news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. I just assumed it's a Wookiee. Let's get out of here. Ready for light speed? One. Two, three. And now your hosts, Ken, Derek, and Mike. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It's Ken, Derek, and Mike. How you guys doing? Hello, hey. hello. Hey, hey. I'm assuming you guys can still hear me.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Transmission is commencing.
0: <laughs> For the moment. <laughs>
2: For the moment. So. Until
0: the Imperial shut down our signal.
2: That's okay. I've got my Bluetooth communicator so we can find out if they transmit. We'll know. (laughs) Video coming soon on the Weeby Geeks Declassified about it. So it's going to be fun. So busy week since the last time we got together. Uh, No new Rebels. Uh, We've already talked about Trials of the Darksaber. New episodes come of Rebels. Oh, I don't remember when.
0: That is terrible news. I need more I, rebels. I know. I know. Right. Especially after seeing that trailer of what's coming. Now we have to wait for it.
2: Yeah. uh Give me a quick second. Pulling up information. Episodes. Season three. Next episode will be February eighteenth. And it's called Legacy of Mandalore. And hey, then it'll be my birthday and then the 19th will be or the following week the 25th 25th will be uh, episode 17 through Imperial Eyes so that's what we have to look forward to but another thing to look forward to Wookie Radio will be represented along with Mighty Marvel Geeks and Weeby Geeks at Celebration Orlando
0: yay
2: uh we will be there Yay! So
0: we will be me. there, maybe in holographic form. True. Yeah, sure. Now you got to figure out how to do that, Mike. We yeah. promise. Oh, you. Yeah, we're pressures fine on. That.
2: Pressures on.
0: Hey, you work for the mouse. I'm sure he's got that tech.
2: <laughs> <laughs> above my pay grade.
0: <laughs> yeah, really.
2: It's We've seen way. some of
0: the miracles they can pull off in those parks.
2: Again, above my pay grade.
0: <laughs>
2: so, uh, Derek, I think you've got an announcement as well.
1: I believe I do. I think I already made it. My birthday's on the eighteenth, and uh, so you can all send me presents. <laughs> no, but actually, <clears throat> excuse me. I am announcing that I am starting up uh, a new podcast of my own that will be on the Weeby Geeks Network. Uh, it's to going, be. To be <clears throat> uh, it's going to be indeed. It can three PO. It's going to be called. It's going to be called Keepers of the Fringe. And it's going to basically be uh, me and my best friend. Uh, We're discussing movies, and each week we watch like a a, a non-mainstream movie, like a horror movie or an indie film or something. And uh, we talk about the movie we watch. And we also talk movie news and things like that.
2: Any chance the, the two Disney Channel Ewok adventure movies being done?
0: Disney Channel? Those were on ABC, weren't they?
2: No, they were on Disney
0: Channel. See, I could have swore they ran them on ABC first because it was before Disney that they put those out. Hang on.
1: Well, to answer go, your question, go, <laughs> that might be a possibility and uh come uh come next christmas maybe we'll do the uh star wars holiday special.
2: <laughs> oh, I would love to be with you guys on that one.
0: No, 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 you don't wait till christmas. You got to do it November 17th. Oh, you're right. Yes. Yes, you're right.
2: Okay, yeah. Uh original network release was ABC November 24th. That See? was uh Battle for Indoor.
0: Yeah, we didn't have cable when I was a kid, so I know I watched it.
2: Man, Caravan and of Courage is the narrator. The Caravan of Courage came out. November twenty fifth, nineteen eighty four. So they were back to back.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. No, wait a minute. Caravan of Courage was one. The other one was yeah. Um, they were back to back.
2: Yeah, Battle for Endor came out first on the twenty fourth. Caravan of Courage came out the next day on the twenty fifth.
0: That doesn't sound right. Hang on.
2: That's what Wikipedia is saying. You're saying Wikipedia lies. Don't answer that one.
0: <laughs> See according to um, where am I at StarWarsWiki uh, they may have the same dates. I don't know. This is for Caravan of Courage was November
2: twenty fifth. Yeah. According to this, eight. this is a sequel.
0: And the Battle for Endor, this one has Battle for Endor coming out the next year, one year later. It was the twenty fourth of eighty five. Yeah, actually, that makes more sense.
2: Okay, Caravan yeah. of Courage came out
0: eighty four. On the 25th of, um...
2: Okay, okay, 25th. okay.
0: Then the 24th of 85 is when Battle for Endor came out. Gotcha. Battle for Endor wow. was actually first. No,
2: well, Caravan was first.
0: Yeah, Caravan was first.
2: Well, still, options for Derricon, Keepers of the Fringe.
0: Yeah, indeed.
2: Wilfred Brimley's in one of them, too.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: so, well, congrats, man. Thanks. Excited for the first show. Yeah, me too. And then, Ken, you have an announcement, right?
0: Um. Uh, wait, wait! I got a big, huge announcement. This thing's ginormous,
2: ginormous. This is the
0: first time ever announced here on Wiki Radio. Episode eight has a new title. We have never announced that on Wiki Radio. Uh,
2: this, this is true.
0: See, <laughs> yeah, that this is, is true. Wiki Radio. <laughs> that technically so, yes. it is true. And you know what? Star Wars I'm mighty- Episode eight is going to be called "The Last Jedi." The last. Think Jedi. What was that, Mike? But, you'd be. <laughs> but does this mean the last of the old or the first of the new?
1: Well, well, there's also there's also there was a thing going around that if you put the last movie and this movie's title together, you get the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi.
2: Yeah, for some reason. Okay,
0: so speculation on the last title. That's that's what I was Force thinking Awakens, of today. Last like, Jedi. What are you adding to the finish off the sentence?
2: Eats barbecue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't know about that one. I, I kind of had a joke in there that I'm not going to put out there. That What do you do usually when you first wake up in the morning? <laughs> the Force Awakens, The Last Jedi? Hey, we'll just stop there.
1: Uh, we're, we're, Instead, we're, moving
0: on. Where's that cricket noise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's your title. Uh, it is interesting though looking at the way they did the um the font and the colors of the logo and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It had a very old school feel. Yes, it did, yeah. Yeah. So
2: Um Well, why don't we go ahead and start our news for the week? Since we have quite a few stories for this week and something we're gonna have fun with. Yes. So Ken, that would be you first.
0: Actually, I thought it was Derek, but I can do mine first. Oh,
2: okay, never mind. Derek, you're up.
0: See, <laughs> I forgot that. that time coming through the show notes, <laughs> figuring out who's going to do what, when, and where.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I know. And then we, well, like you said, we do an audible every time. So, is Mike, if you're not steering the ship, who is?
2: <laughs> uh, autopilot, but I think there's a problem with it now.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So. You put 3PO with the controls again. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Where did the, uh, where did it go? (laughs) Right there? No, not that one, that one. No, this one? No. No. No, that one. one. This goes here, that goes there. Okay. I got it. You sure? (laughs) Not really. Why, you slimy double crossing no good (laughs) swindler.
1: Ah, now there's a good segue. Uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I think that's Mike trying to right the ship again.
1: (laughs) Ah. So in an article on CBI.com, there was some talk from Billy D. Williams about Donald Glover playing the role of Lando Calrissian. It says, For generations of Star Wars fans, Billy D. Williams will always be Lando Calrissian on, in film, on animated television, or in video games. That's very true. And it says it's going to leave big shoes for Donald Glover to fill, which is also very true. But I'm confident that, uh, that he can do it. Donald Glover can do it. And uh, Billy D. Williams described the actor as delightful. But he also acknowledges that Donald Glover may never be as cool as Billy D. Williams. Which is what?
2: Hello, what have we here? That's not cool.
1: <laughs> What's also not cool is these pop-up ads. <laughs> so That's why I have well, a
2: pop-up blocker.
1: <laughs> in a quote from Billy D. Williams, I'm not going to attempt to do his voice. <laughs> he is a very delightful young man, I must say. We had a very nice lunch, and we talked for a very long time, and it was very easy. He had questions about Lando. I guess he was doing what normal actors do. They just want to find out what direction they want to take, so they gather their information. So we just sat and talked and I didn't want to impose on anything he wanted to do. He's got his own ideas. I would imagine, I know, he's got his own ideas, I would imagine. I know he has his own ideas. He's a very talented young man. In fact, I was listening to some of his music, which is uh, he do, he's uh, he d- does rap as the childish Gambino, and it's pretty good stuff. <laughs> and it says, when the interviewer noted that Glover recently conceded he isn't as cool as williams the actor couldn't help but agree <laughs> well nobody's as, <laughs> nobody's as cool as me he said with a laugh that's a tough way to go no i'm only joking donald is eclectic i think that's really important particularly for the character of lando he is particularly eclectic in the way he approaches his art when i talked to him i really got the sense of him being a worldly person
2: worldly uh, uh, or homely <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I think he was trying to be nice, so he said worldly. <laughs> <laughs> he said the problem is Donald Glover's trying to step into some really, a really, really cool cape. Yeah, yeah. You, can't, you I, can't beat Billy D on the smooth factor.
1: And it says, I just never thought of anybody else being Lando. He said, I just see myself as Lando. The Han Solo movie is targeted for release in 2018. Yeah. Now, speaking of Lando's cape, I saw, I was watching the, uh, the Lego movie was on TV today. Oh, yeah. The part where the Millennium Falcon stops by and Batman jumps in the Falcon and stuff. <laughs> and L- Lando comments on his cool space cape.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's what I want to see. They're doing a Lego Batman. I want to see a Lego Star Wars movie.
2: Oh, that would be cool like, too
1: don't put it past them. Not like, but not like just a rehash of the movies. I want to see like an original with the. Well, with we've the had characters.
0: a lot of it on um, Disney Channel with the Yoda Chronicles, the Free Maker Adventures. They've been do, doing Lego Star Wars everywhere. Uh, yeah, but I
1: want to see like the full cast.
2: That's still alive.
0: Yeah, well, what the okay.
1: opposite doing one? <laughs> Newman, Newman, keep it down.
2: <laughs> so, uh, well, if they have, if they were to do that, would do original trilogy, prequel trilogy, both characters from both, and how would the fans feel about it?
0: That, that is is... They go of the fans or the Star Wars fans? They're both, I suppose.
2: Both, like maybe someone like uh, Mark Hamill.
0: I think he would like the idea. I mean, he's done so much voice. He'd probably actually do some voices. He may even um, volunteer to do something other than Luke Skywalker in it.
1: Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. True. They Have do- something else. <laughs> They could do a Lego Luke Skywalker meets a Lego Joker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, did you guys see this is a totally different topic, but still talking about Mark Hamill. You see that he actually is doing another DC comics voice. No, he's going to be doing swamp thing on DC action. I did see that. Yes. Yep. We, we we played a little clip of it on, um, superpowers this week and swamp. I love his voice, but it's weird as swamp thing.
2: He doesn't
0: do anything to change his voice, except for they put the overlay of the gravelly stuff to it. Okay. so it's, it's, it's going to take a lot to get used to that. <laughs> because I'm used to the old, um, what was it, um, Dirk, um, the guy that did it in the movies and the TV show. That was the perfect Swamp Thing voice for me. But oh, yeah. before we get too far off down this corridor, it's, um, Mark Hamill actually was talking to Vulture this week. Really? Yes. And he was actually, I'm not I'm not on my own over here now anymore. He was actually defending the prequels and Jake Lloyd. I did see that, okay. Yes. Yes,
2: I have. I have always defended Jake Lloyd. Uh, Jake Lloyd is not that bad. He really isn't. Um, obviously, after we found out, you know, there is a condition that he takes medication for, because uh-huh. he was off those meds when he got arrested. But you can't blame him for the bad script that he was given. Yeah. I and mean, even Hamill You're talks about it with how bad George wrote a script
0: yeah well that's not that's um, basically everybody agrees that George has never been a dialogue guy right that's why um, that's why he brought in Lawrence Kasdan to help out with um, Empire and Jedi because Larry Kasdan wrote the uh, some of the relationship stuff and then a lot of the dialogue right George is great for action and story
1: yeah right
0: so but he was doing an interview on um, Vulture it was a YouTube interview Um, and well before that they said um, he's got three major clips that they pulled out in this article we're looking at here but um, he had said Um, or it said now we said he was defending the prequels but it looks like everybody's defending the prequels as of right now. Um, The episode 8 or The Last Jedi's director Ryan Johnson was also defending the original or the prequel trilogy on Twitter back in December where he said that if you actually put all three movies combined into a seven hour long or all three movies put together combined into a seven hour long kids movie about how the fear of loss turns good people into fascists Hmm. which if you look it is a cohesive story all the way through. If you watched it um, from one to seven, right? It's soon to be one to eight, yeah. And you see how um, how easy it is to slip down that slippery slope, the um, go the wrong direction. And now to right. uh,
1: to uh, bring it around again, we actually, my friend and I, actually discussed a little bit about the prequels in our first episode that will be coming out of my new podcast
0: good but um what mark was saying was actually they have quoted here that um he's, they said um they were actually caught up with mark Ham- vulture actually caught up with mark hamill while he was promoting his new film uh the brigsby bear at sundance um where he was actually speaking about um how the fans and their treatment of the prequel trilogy he said that i couldn't believe some of the things they wrote about the prequels you know i mean really beyond uh, Beyond stuff like I didn't like I didn't like it, you ruined my childhood. I'm That's still right. angry about the way or he's he's still angry about the way they treated Jake Lloyd. He said he was only a ten a ten year old boy. Or he was only at ten years old, that, uh, and he did exactly what George Lucas, George wanted him to do. Believe me, I understand chunky di- or clunky dialogue. So everything he did in the movie was exactly what George asked. Yeah, uh, which kind of falls to the stuff with Hayden Christensen and um, Natalie Portman. Some too, because if they were doing what George told him, told them, that's where you could get some of this cardboard acting that they've been accused of, and all of this type of stuff. That and the fact that they really didn't have a whole lot of chemistry naturally. Right, but it's just a lot of it is George's direction. Right, like I said, he's a great storyteller. He's a great on the action direction. If you, if you watch any of the behind the scenes and stuff, he doesn't give you much.
2: This is true. true.
1: Yeah, very but true.
0: You got to kind of figure out what he wants. <laughs> um, he actually, they, he actually brought up also. Do you guys remember? I've not watched it yet, but the People versus George Lucas documentary they did.
2: I have not watched it either. No, it, it's, yeah. it's on my list. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, now you- I, I watched uh, the Jedi one. Yeah. Um, was that
0: Plastic were... Jedi or something like that?
2: No. No, um... oh, no, no. This is
0: one about the fanboys or something. Yeah. I remember which one you're talking about, and it's on my list. Well, this one actually was one that was bashing George Lucas about the prequels and stuff. But um, And Mark says he almost was on that documentary not knowing what it was about until he realized what they were trying to do. According to Mark, he says, I almost got hornswoggled into appearing in that documentary. They weren't <laughs> calling it The People versus George Lucas at the time, but I could tell from the questions they were asking that it was an open invitation to trash george huh. i have i have my issues with george but i love that man i don't talk outside the family it, um that's just brutal one of the reasons i would never um let my kids be in show but uh, that's one of the reasons i would never let my kids be in show business wait till you're 18 because it's going to be an endless life of rejection ridicule ridicule and unemployment being an actor Right. Now, um. Sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Now, the, during the, a wide-ranging conversation at Sundance, he also spoke about how he wasn't sure if he actually wanted to do Luke Skywalker again in The Force Awakens. But oh. obviously, we know he decided to come back, yes. But he talked about why he actually decided to come back. He was actually looking for an out. Because he, never, he said, never thought they would actually do it again. The last quote they have in here was, um, let's leave well enough alone. This is what he was thinking. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. The only thing we can do is come back and disappoint people. I thought if they do another trilogy, it won't have us in it. It will be all new characters, so I was really frightened about it. I knew I couldn't resist the challenge, but I said, here's the thing. If it's not in solidarity with Harrison and Carrie... That's my escape route. I said, he'll never do it. He's too rich and too cranky. He'll never do it. He gets he gets cranky about Star Wars because he has such a varied resume. But once he said in the press that he was doing it, I thought, well, I just got drafted. Because if I said no to this, these people are going to be outside my house like angry villagers in, like the angry villagers in Frankenstein with lightsabers instead of torches. I'll be the most hated man in fandom. I was shocked that I was only, er, I was shocked that I was only in the last minute or so, but it was the best of both worlds because I could really sort of enjoy it. I was sorry that I didn't get to reunite with any of the original characters, but I could enjoy it but I could enjoy it all without having the responsibility on my shoulders. If it was horrible and everybody hated it, I could always say, See, it's not my fault <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So um, that's what they pulled out of the article here. But it says um, they finished it. They wrapped it up with saying that uh, barring some sort of unpredictable surge of in popularity, the Star Wars prequels will likely see, be seen as a black eye for the franchise for many years to come, which I disagree with that statement. But, hey, that's just me.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Although that hardly matters in the really grand scheme of the thing. This year fans will be treated to episode 8 as we know with Han Solo coming in 2018 Star Wars 9 in um, 2019 along with another spin-off in 2020 which as of right now is supposed to be Boba Fett. So and then it says you can go to Sun- to Mark Hamill's Sundance interview later on in the article but he had a lot of stuff to say about that.
2: Yeah. I mean for for me I I enjoy the prequels. I mean I uh, original trilogy more than prequels. You know, if I have to choose, I didn't think they were too bad. I mean, but I could be critical over any of the films if I wanted to be.
1: True. Um,
2: yeah. The Phantom Menace, I didn't think was too bad. I just thought, okay, Lucas needed to figure out how to write a script.
1: And, I
0: didn't really think we that needed go-
1: to see Anakin as a kid, personally. But
0: yeah, but you didn't see the his vision here.
1: Yeah. true yeah
0: it, it, he it, wanted to see the complete life of um, he wanted to tell the complete story basically from as close as you can get to birth all the way to death right
2: but you know it, it, it's kind of it was kind of important anyway because this is when midichlorians gets brought up for the first time and that it, it was a whole Immaculate conception thing you know Lucas yeah. had to have Lucas had to have his ET his Jesus movie so to speak so to speak, where there is a, you know, the immaculate conception. Yeah. Um, it, it was just you know as, as Hamill talks about with the screen testing, the script uh, Lucas writing for this is horrid. Mm. You yeah, know, like in, we in said, many that's
0: ways. That's why that's why Kazin was brought in because yeah. Lucas even understood that he doesn't write um, dialogue well in right. character interactions um, relationship wise.
2: So, um so when you have that get through the dialogue, I mean, Phantom Menace was a strong movie. It, it kind of shows, you know, the beginnings of the potential piloting skills of Anakin Skywalker, which, you know, we we hear Obi-Wan talk about as Ben Kenobi that oh your fi- your father was a great pilot. Well, now we see how he became a great pilot. That it mm-hmm. was natural ability. Um he was a great Jedi. Well, how'd it come about? Well, now we know with Revenge of the Sith, Darth Plagueis might have been involved. Or Sidious himself was involved. Um, Revenge of the Sith is probably the favorite my favorite of the three. Yeah. But there were still almost yeah, both too- put it there. but there's still too much love story with the apartment <clears throat> stuff. I yeah. don't think we needed as much of the apartment scenes. Um, one or two but not, not the, the, the large amount that we did have. Right.
0: Well, the reason you had to have that now is because of what he did in the first two. He had, you had to wrap that story up enough so that um, when you get to the end, you get where we end up at. Right. If he hadn't done um, all the love story in episode two, he could have gone a different way. But I don't know if he, had a, if he did it on purpose that he wrote, wrote himself into that, or if it's just that's the way he wanted to go.
2: Yeah, but you know, the love the, the story in, in two wasn't too bad. I mean, that was still stomachable. That was still tolerable.
0: Yeah. Well, think what it was. It wasn't. um, It wasn't.
2: It wasn't as sappy as it got with um, episode three. Yeah. I mean, oh, the the nightmares. Yeah. I don't know. uh, Yeah, I guess
0: so. I think the problems with the stuff with Episode 3, the way I see it, actually, is it went too fast from um, Hero of the Jedi to um, Lord of the Sith. But then again, if you go back and watch Clone Wars, you can actually see it the actual TV series there. It shows a little bit more of a progression to where he's going if you actually see the whole series. Yeah. But if you look at just the movies, you go from um, Anakin and Padme at the end of Episode 2 where they're happy and fully in love and everything's fantastic. And then real time time for us two hours later he's killing younglings
2: yeah well my my thing about it was you know we what they did and the amount that there was in um attack of clones shows how he was def- going against the the ideas of the jedi order and was falling in love and was having the relationship yeah. um and, and he how the he- dark
0: side influences to him yet
2: yeah. right but but we're seeing how he's enjoying it um, yeah. Whereas Revenge of the Sith, we, we know, which we kind of if you watch the micro series of the, the Clone Wars, we know Anakin knows she's pregnant. We don't need to wait till after the battle to know, oh, I'm pregnant. Well, hello. She already knew or he already knew.
0: Yeah, but the micro-series isn't part of the canon anymore either. Right. True. If I remember it, they said it never really technically was. George yet- didn't even say that was part of the canon because he wanted to make that um, – he wanted that on film, that, it, that whole discovery.
2: Right. Right. But the, the micro-series shows where the uh, – how Grievous is talking the way he's talking initially. Yeah. So it's – I don't know. It, to me, some of the apartment scenes were were not necessary. The the initial nightmare scene. Oh, he's having nightmares because he's so because he sees so far into the future with, with with the force with with the kids. Um, then we see, um, yeah, you know, and then maybe one you know, one other one. I think there were like two, three, or four nightmare scenes that weren't necessary. They didn't need to be done and then a few of the other scenes around the apartment oh i'm doing this i'm doing that no just it's implied the senate meeting to to start in a sense start the foundation of the rebellion cool because you kind of almost had that in attack of the clones too so it's a continuation follow-up i was i was okay with that i don't think to me that was just the whole thing the apartment stuff was just too much you know if there were 10 scenes they could have cut it back to four and been fine and this and the story still would have been fine
1: yeah I suppose so
2: but that's what makes this show great is we all have an opinion that we all respect unlike some fandom where you know fandoms that are out there like on Facebook or you say something like that on Twitter and I would be losing my arm like Pon Bunda uh. yeah so
0: no, see, it, fandom is awesome when you can have an intelligent conversation and talk back and forth without flaming about it. Right, we we're all able to agree or not. We don't have to agree. You know, you right. can. Uh, everybody can have their own different opinion, and you just throw around the opinions to see what happens. Yeah, it's all about the love, man.
2: Love, yeah, love, man. Love.
0: Oh man, Sorry. that really gets me right here.
2: <laughs> Get you where?
1: In the heart. Uh, in the kneecap. <laughs>
2: in my elbow.
1: Oh, I took a lightsaber to the kneecap.
2: <laughs> so. So. Uh I guess I'm next. Yeah, uh, going back to Rogue One. Um a lot of X-Wing pilots, but there was one missing. Wedge. We know Wedge yeah. is a, we know Wedge is around because he's seen in Rebels. Um but it's he, he was not in in the battle scene in at the end of Rogue One. Um, we have Red Leader, Gold Leader, all taking part at the Battle of Scarif. Um, but Wedge is nowhere to be seen. In a Twitter conversation reported by Slash Film, uh, of course, this is coming from Yahoo Movies. Lucasfilm's Pablo Hildago explained Wedge's absence from from the fight and revealed that he does in fact have a secret cameo in Rogue One. When asked, da, the, da, da. when asked by the when asked by an inquisitive fan why Wedge didn't fly at Scarif, Hildago explained, Wedge wouldn't be there because he was never he has never seen the Death Star before in New Hope. We know this because of the character's oh. stunned reaction at seeing the Death Star in person in the nineteen seventy seven original right. yeah. when he uses the line, look at the size of that thing. I'm yeah. Trying to think, do I have that clip? I don't think I do. I well, me get on the right one. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and rename these. Almost there. No, that's not it. I'm in. I- that's not it. We've picked up a new group of signals. That's not it. I need to go back in and rename these. Yeah. I know. I know, Chewie. Just...
1: <laughs> You're upsetting the Wookiee.
2: <laughs> well, he he's sitting around doing nothing. He could do this, too. <laughs> i lost our team. I'll hold them all for it. Analyze their attack.
1: I got a problem here. Betty just standing by. Running through the whole movie.
2: Running through the whole battle sequence. And no, I do not have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm um, looking here
0: if I. Uh, Another one. Oh, wait, maybe there.
2: Oh, you're checking the soundboard? Yeah. Nope.
0: They uh, got this I sn- one, though. Oh, wait. Let me turn on the sound. I had muted it. <laughs> <laughs> Still don't hear damn it. Man. Oh, it's damn. not
2: there, man. Uh, So while you're still looking Ah, that up. um, He'll
1: make you think something so utterly ridiculous. (laughs) I don't think that was it.
2: I don't think that was it. No. Um, Did you check? I'm looking at the soundboard now. Films. Battle of Yavin?
0: I'm working on that next. Look at the size of that thing. Got it. That's it.
2: That's it. So, um... Hildago also said that the amount of footage was a factor. While the other pilots were recreated using outtakes from A New Hope, there was less work when it came to Wedge. Um, Although we don't see Wedge in Rogue One, Hildago did reveal that we hear him. Actor David David Ancrum, who dubbed the voice of Wedge in A New Hope, recorded a line that explains the character's location. Uh, Dennis Lawson played Wedge in the original trilogy. Wedge, uh, voice of David Arkham, is on Yavin 4 announcing to flight personnel to report in and direct Scarif. May the force be with you. Oh. But yet he stays on Yavin. Or... and report directly to and report to Scarif M-T-F-B-W-Y and of course it says may the force be with you Uh, and since Wedge survived both Death Star battles in the original trilogy the force must have been on his side certainly
0: well that's not the only place we saw him because he was on the battle of Yavin too or not Yavin um, Hoth Uh, yes yeah he was Mm -hmm. on Hoth that's when Luke tells him this one I see it Wedge good work If anybody has never been to the StarWars.com soundboard, this has got some awesome stuff. Yes,
2: it does. Yes, it does. Don't run away from your feelings. Is
1: that from the soundboard? No.
2: (laughs) That would be from Tommy Boy. Ah, uh, Tommy Boy is a classic. Uh, yeah, well, Hot Toys has got some classic stuff going. Sorry. Oh yeah, I'm just being direct on Hot that toys one. Is
0: going nuts, huh?
2: I'm just being direct on that one.
0: Ah, no, they have some good. They have some awesome stuff coming out. Yeah. Um. anybody who has seen Hot Toys, I'm looking at the pictures here. It is photorealistic. These are officially they're one six scale and one four scale action figures, but they basically look like almost if you remember. If anybody's seen Madame Tussauds wax um, yes. museum, they looks like the actual. People standing there—that's what these figures are. Oh yeah! It's um now Hot Toys is a Hong Kong-based um toy company producing high-end Star Wars figures since 2014. Now um they've covered the entire Star Wars saga, including Episode Seven and Rogue One. But um, they said the, what um, what they do is really nothing short of amazing. A testament to the growth of what's actually possible in a collectible. Now these are be your higher higher end collectibles, obviously. But it says right. the face sculpts from On Solo to Jyn Erso, um, from the new Rogue One line um, that look real. Outfits and accessories are at, at, like Luke's cloak, Luke Skywalker's cloak and um, Jyn's tatted ra- um, rags from Jakku, actually made out of weathered cloth and leather. Um, it says that, now if Kenner actually was the mark of the beginning of the Star Wars toy evolution, Hot Toys is somewhere near the end of this. Yeah. Um, uh, Here's a quote from the Hot Toys founder and CEO, Howard Chan. He says he was telling StarWars.com over an email interview that it is actually one of Hot Toys' goals to create highly detailed and realistic one-sixth and one-fourth scale figures, as if the characters um, or as if the characters look like they came straight out of the movie. Um, and if you look at the pictures, that's what it is. And it says, um, "Yeah,
1: they're beautiful." Yeah. Whether some amazing Jin, stuff?
0: Yeah, but whether it's Jyn or so or other figures, our production team will start will first start by doing thorough research on the character's visual and related information from the film slash trailer. Followed by or following some in depth internal discussions, um, then we get to find the most suitable head sculpt expression because that's where they start. Um, They get the most suitable head sculpt expression, the hairstyle, the outfit, the accessories that the character is going to have. That's all going to be made into a collectible figure. Then they have to send it to Lucasfilm to get it approved. Once they get that green light, they can actually prototype and the actual prototype development starts. So they do all that work before they've even made anything. Yeah. But, um, it says once they start, the prototype development starts where they actually get to actually sculpt the head, find the best articulated body for the figure, tailor the outfit, and then create the weapons and accessories. Now, it says Hot Toys has actually improved their production time on its figures. The first 1-6 scale Stormtrooper took him about nine months to prototype it. Um, wow. To go from the prototype – well, it was to go from prototype to mass production. took him nine months. Whereas um, the Rogue One line was completed in only four months. But they said aesthetically, the figures have been stunning since the launch. Their Chewbacca, which was one of the Hot Toys' earliest Star Wars creations – doesn't f- Doesn't feature sculpted fur like every other figure you've ever seen. It says um, thanks to the company's meticulousness, he's much closer to the walking carpet that we actually know and love. <laughs> Quoting Chan again, it says it is Hot Toys or it is Hot Toys' first collectible figure with a full body of fabric hair. Our team used wow. special tailoring techniques to create the multiple layers and shades of soft hair. Um, this is definitely a breakthrough in our development or our product development and one of the first Chewbacca collectible figures out there that features actual fur wow um now it says still it's actually not the faces of the aliens and the creatures that actually is the greatest challenge the hardest sculpts for them to do is to nail down um the actual um human figures chan says here uh, overall overall figures with human likenesses are more complicated to create when we work on the head on a head sculpt we are not just trying to recreate the face and shapes but the expression and the character's spirit and personality. Now, they they got to get a bucket list thing checked off. They said, um, there's one Star Wars character, however, that stands above and beyond all the rest at Hot Toys because this one was one portrayed by a hometown hero. Remember, these guys are based out of Hong Kong. Chan explained that as a Hong Kong-based company, Hot Toys is very honored and thrilled to have the opportunity to to create a life-size statue, a 1-6 scale collectible figure, and a Cosbaby bobblehead figure for Hong Kong celebrated martial artist and actor donnie yen it was it was or it is yeah it was relatively rare to see a chinese actor starring in a hollywood blockbuster and now donnie has become a widely acclaimed international superstar with his extremely ta- um, talented skills now if you look closely at the actual one-six scale figure the likeness was astonishing it looks exactly like Yen from Rogue One. Right down to the angular features of his nose, the definition in his cheekbones, and the clouds in his eyes. Um, Now, aside from making the Chirrut figures, another high point came in a very special opportunity for Hot Toys. During the Asia Press tour for Rogue One, Hot Toys presented the 1-6 scale Chirrut Imwe, collectible figure, and the bobblehead to Donnie Yen himself. Now that, um, from Chan again. Then he says um, he was absolutely stunned by the incredible details and realism, so our Team was very happy to hear the, such kind words from him and definitely became um, one of our proudest moments of all time. Imagine that. You make a toy, and you make something for uh, that looks like someone, and you're actually able to give it to them, and they're floored by it, that how awesome it is.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, That's really cool.
0: Um, then they wrapped up the interview here by saying that um, the pride that Tot Toys and Chan have in their at Mway figures, however, is just emblematic of what it means for them to make Star Wars toys, um, or make the, all the Star Wars toys. <laughs> It is a dream come true. Now, quoting Chan said this from Chan again, he says, many Hot Toys fans would probably know already that I'm a Star Wars super fan, obviously, if you look at the, what they've made here. But um, he says, I've been in love with Star Wars since I was very, very young, and it has been a goal of my life to create incredible Star Wars collectibles after I founded Hot Toys. After officially acquiring the manufacturing license for Star Wars collectible products in 2014, my goal is not just to express my passion for Star Wars, but also let fellow Star Wars fans out there enjoy all... All these stunningly detailed collectibles from this captivating galaxy from far, far away. So it's a it's an awesome um, set of toys. I like I said, looking at the pictures and stuff here, it is amazing. I, I, I if I could afford it, probably I would love to get these. I'm looking them up now to see what the prices are like.
2: Oh, I'm sure they're expensive. Oh. Yeah, they are. It's like the the one brand everyone's got their their go-to brand. I love oh, I love Kotobukiya.
0: Yeah, Kotobukiya makes some sweet stuff. Yes. I would yes. love some Sideshow stuff.
2: Sideshow as well, but they they are expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, they have here the 1/6 scale Kylo Ren on Amazon is going for $203
2: wow let me see they have a
0: darth vader for 340. so you're you're more in the um sideshow collectibles range for these okay when it comes to price okay so i mean if you want a showpiece for your collection this is the type of thing you definitely want to get
2: yeah right yeah Ooh. ouch i'm looking at kodo's site now rogue one a star wars story shore trooper two-pack 120 bucks that's the artifacts, that's though. That's the artifacts, though.
0: Yeah. That's the one thing that's cool about Kotobukiya. You have, um, like, your Hasbro and things that you're going to get about 30 bucks and under. Kotobukiya yeah. fills that gap where you can get stuff from Kotobukiya anywhere from that 30 to $50 up to the 150 to, $100 to $150 range. Then right. you get places like um, Sideshow and Hot Toys where you're going from there up.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, don't forget don't so so General can, Giant. Get, oh. Oh.
0: General Giant makes a lot of the full-size figures, the full-size, don't they?
2: They do make some full-size, yeah. Yeah, they do. But,
0: but then you're into like the $1,500 range or more.
2: Yeah, well, they also got the uh, the 6-inch. Yeah. So
0: So it's like uh, you have – the nice thing with Star Wars is they've spread it out so you do have a range of things. Depending on how much you're willing to spend and what kind of detail you want, you can go from, like I said, the Hasbro kids toys all the way up to the $1,500 full-size Jabba the Hutt if you want or even more.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a – IG88 Artifact Statue. Nice. nice thing. Nice thing about the artifacts is you could change the pose on the on the character.
0: Oh, cool! Oh. Is that one of the ones that comes with like change out hands and things like that too?
2: I think so. Um, I have the R2A6 from Celebration Six. That was the Kodo exclusive. Okay. And, and with it, you can set them up with the third leg up or third leg down and lean back. Um, it, it's just a cool little piece. Uh, let's see, IG88, articulated shoulders that allow you to oppose them as you wish, raising wow. or aiming his dual weapons. I love IG88. Yeah, cool. This is, that one would be awesome. So, it's 86 bucks. I'm speaking of awesome. Not terrible. Uh, I guess <laughs> I was about to do this story because I play this as well. Derek, how about you do it since you didn't be more of our gamer?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright, so. Star Wars Battlefront. Battlefront. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Easy for you to say.
2: Well, tongue tied, sorry.
1: Star Wars Battlefront. Star Wars Battlefront was, um, a little disappointing, I guess, overall. Um, I've played the game. Uh, flight,
2: just f- the the flight, the flight part of it with the air, with the air vehicles, I found extremely challenging.
0: Yeah, and um, yeah I had no problem with it at all. What the, all the times that I've played it. Oh wait, <laughs> I don't have a system that'll run it. So <laughs> um,
2: it's just uh, yeah, it's just it's just. But when, when, but when you're like the, when you're the trooper, or you control the the ATST or the ADATS. I didn't have problems with those. It, w- it was the the flying ships that I struggled with.
1: See, I didn't have a problem with the the ships, but what I just wanted more from the game. It just yeah, it was basically just an online game, and I'm not really that much of an online player myself, so it didn't really have a lot of uh, a lot of meat for me. A lot of what I was looking for. I, I can see it. Um, and so I played it for a while, and, and every once in a while I'll pop it in if I want to, you know, have you know, blow off some steam shooting some stuff. But overall, it's not the game I was hoping it was.
2: Don't run away from your feelings. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: And a lot of fans feel that way. Uh, When EA launched Battlefront alongside the release of The Force Awakens, fans were left disappointed after the excitement of playing as the galaxy's heroes and villains began to wear off, which is exactly what happened to me. Uh, What were you going to say? Nothing. I was oh, okay.
2: Just a green. Yeah, I can. I uh, see it.
1: The repetitive nature of the gameplay, lack of maps, and the rigid, rigid controls of Flight Squadron began to set in. Which that's what you complained about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Leaving, leaving season pass holders to realize they were burned, having paid twice the amount for a half-baked game that wouldn't see the release of DLC for months to come. But the biggest disappointment from fans, and even Finn himself, John Boyega, was how the game lacked a story to discover through a single-player campaign. And John Boyega tweeted out, EA Star Wars, will fans get a full-on offline story mode? It's more of an enjoyable way to learn controls. Which it is, too. It's it's a good way to learn the game rather than jumping in and being thrown against opponents that you're not ready for.
2: Right. Why can't we just have... Um, Battlefront 3 like we wanted.
1: Right. Well, EA made an announcement. It said, We're thrilled to bring a new Star Wars Battlefront game to fans worldwide in the 2017 holiday season. In the past two years, Rogue One and The Force Awakens have opened new storylines and captured the imagination of hundreds of millions of Star Wars fans. We've listened closely to our passionate Star Wars Battlefront community and expanded our existing game with more great content and experiences since its launch. As that game continues to thrive, we have also heard our players desire for even more depth and progression. Our next battlefront will be even bigger, taking players into more locations and allowing them to play with more heroes and characters across multiple Star Wars eras. There will be new ways to play, including an all-new single-player campaign and much, much more that we are excited to share with our players in the months ahead. To build a game of this magnitude, we've brought together three great studios, DICE, Motive, and Criterion and align their areas of expertise to deliver an amazing experience in the next Star Wars Battlefront. So, it sounds like they've listened to us fans, and they're going to actually give us what we want, which is a story mode. Right. Which I am very happy about. Because that that is the one thing that I wanted from from the game and the one thing it didn't give me that's all i wanted yeah (laughs) so i
2: mean i don't know we'll see how it goes but yeah it's it's uh i feel kind of the same way a lot of stuff there's so much that's overwhelming that's hard to play and and some things that even at a lower setting almost like a rookie setting Six minutes for the X-Wing battle, to me, almost isn't reasonable. Because I, I struggle to get to the, the start point of the battle in two mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. Hmm. So, but... And that's um, really
1: what I want. I wanted to get in there and fly around and do all the fun stuff. And all yeah. you can do, you know, you go in and you, you're you're up against players, other players, so it's not really as fun. Now, you, you can
2: do it where you're by yourself. You can, but it's not... I don't know, it gets old really quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you something that's not getting old. I know, bad segue. Um, comicbook.com put out a story about how Darth Maul connects to Star Wars The Force Awakens. And it all comes down to the Raftars. Really? <laughs> really. Um, this is the stretch that they go older with this. The is the, This is the stretch they go. Um, <laughs> We know the the new series from Marvel, the five issue series, just came out. Um, came out this week, actually. Which I have
1: not read it yet, but
2: uh, I haven't either. In the first several pages of the book, okay, potential spoilers. Uh, we find out Darth Maul, restless apprentice to Darth Sidious, in a time before even Episode One. The Phantom Menace needs some release for his anger, his rage, and his power. With that in mind, he heads to the planet Tuan Kiti for a hunting expedition. What is he hunting with? <laughs> what would he hunt with? A lightsaber? His double lightsaber? Force crush? Who knows? In the ensuing pages, we discover that this is the, this is the or at least, a homeworld for the monstrous beasts, the Rath Tars. The large tentacle man-eating ball-like monsters made their debut in Force Awakens. Um, but then they apparently, uh, are now seen in Darth Maul, uh, the new title from Star Wars. So, kind of pre Phantom Menace to, to post Force Awakens, Darth Maul, now that the books are canon, Darth Maul now has a connection to the Force Awakens through the Wrath Tars. It's like seven degrees of, or six degrees of Wrath Tars.
0: <laughs> That's right.
2: So, That's uh yeah. So, um, speaking of comics, between now and, um, the end of the month, uh, our next, sh- our next show is going to be on the 18th. Um, but we may or may not have a guest on the 18th. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys the the comics that are coming out between now and March 4th. And we have Star Wars number 29, uh, a problem Yoda has a big problem strong with the st- strong with the stone power this problem is but judge (laughs) judge it not by its size will he um and that comes out on march 1st uh coming out february 15th is star wars poe dameron number 11 and i have seen the solicits for 13 so it is going to last longer than one year um, things are heating up for Poe Dameron and the Super Spy Master C-3PO. The First Order is on their tail, and Terex's evil cronies as well. Not to mention who's feeding information to the First Order in the first place. And then we also have two graphic novels, both coming out on, well, one came out February 8th. Or comes out February 8th. It's a uh, Star Wars Darth Vader Volume 2, the hardcover. Uh, Vader's down but not out when a rebel encounter sends a Sith Lord crashing onto a nearby planet. Two of the biggest titles in Star, Star Wars comics collide uh, with the Vader Down series. Uh, will the heroes of the Alliance seize the opportunity to put an end to one of their greatest enemies or will they just be made to feel the power of the dark side? And then the other g- trade paperback which comes out next week as well Uh, on February 8th is Star Wars Legends Epic Collection Volume 3 Empire Trade Paperback. Uh, and basically these are going to be collecting, uh, Star Wars Darth Vader and the Ghost Prison, Star Wars Dark Times, The Fire Carrier 1 through 5, Star Wars Dark Times, The Spark Nemesis, or Spark Remains, and Star Wars Darth Vader and the Ninth Assassin. So, there's your comics between now and and then so i need to get uh, some
0: time to sit down and read some star wars comics
2: yeah i need to get caught up here's to big income tax
0: (laughs) Uh, i am
1: just a little well i'm like three three weeks behind on all my comics but
2: (laughs) yeah i got a couple titles where i'm really behind Mm. like a month or two yeah. Not good, not good.
0: <laughs> I know because of the other show, I have to stay current on um, where DC's at.
2: I try to with Marvel, um, but it's with life, it's a challenge. So yeah, oh I know. Um, so does that conclude it for this week? Actually, uh, I have
0: one other thing. Okay, we have some actual novels coming out on um, May second, but we actually have the descriptions and stuff from now. And these are actually both in the um, Rebels u- or Star Wars Rogue One universe. We're getting um, "Rebel Rising," which is a young adult novel from uh, best-selling author Beth Revis. That's going to actually dive into Jin's backstory, and explore her oh, wow. time with Saw Gerrera. Hmm. Wow,
1: interesting.
0: The actual description is: When Jin Ursa was five years old, her mother was murdered, her father was taken to, from her to serve the Empire. But despite the losses of her parents, she's not completely alone. Saw Gerrera, a man willing to do to go to any extremes necessary in order to resist the imperial tyranny, takes her as his own and gives her not only a home but all of the abilities and resources she needs to become a rebel herself Jin decides or dedicates herself to the cause and the man but fighting alongside saw and his people brings in with it its own danger and the question of just how far jen is willing to go as one of saw's soldiers when she faces an unthinkable when she faces an unthinkable betrayal that shatters her world Jen will have to pull all the pieces together, or wait, Jen will have to pull the pieces of herself back together and figure out what she truly believes in and who she can really trust. So that's the first one. These both are coming out May 1st, or May 2nd. The other one is Guardian of the Wills. It's a middle grade novel from New York Times best selling author and Eisner Award winner and comic book writer extraordinaire Greg Rucca. Ooh. This one is actually the Nice. Cherit and Bay's story. It's, um follows Cherit and Bay's after the Empire's. Takeover of Jeddah and the arrival of Sagarera to Jeddah. Cool. Now, um, and this one's sweet because it actually has a comic book style cover. So, um, but the description on this one is a little bit shorter. But Bazen Chirit used used to be the guardians of the wills, who looked after the Khyber Temple on Jeddah and all of those who worship there. When the Empire came and took over the... or when the uh, Then the Empire came and took over the planet. The temple was destroyed and the people scattered. Now Baze and Chirrut do what they can to resist the Empire and protect the people of Jeddah, but it seem, never seems to be enough. When a man named Saw Guerrero arrives with grand plans to take down the Empire, it seems the perfect way for Baze and Chirrut to make a real difference and help the people of Jeddah. But will it come at a too great a cost? Both of these are actually a re- available for pre-order now. So if you go over... Um, well, if you go over to the Weeby Geek's website and find that Amazon link. You could probably pre-order it right there on Amazon.
2: We can hope.
0: Yeah, we can always hope. That's right. Yep. Hey, rebellions are built on hope.
2: Wookie Radio listeners, you're our only hope. <laughs> um, so yeah, feel free to give us a shout. You can reach any of us at uh, just type in our first names: Mike, Derek, or Ken um, individually at wookieradio.net, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, That's leave, actually new
0: development, isn't
2: it? Yes, along with whole Wookie Radio, wookieradio.net dot net in general. Yeah. Um, also, too, leave leave us feedback on on iTunes. Five star, be greatly appreciated if you really love the show. We love to hear y'all's thoughts. Uh, interact with us on on Twitter. We're all there. Um, show is on Instagram, but we're sharing just like on Tumblr, but we're sharing under the Weeby Geeks umbrella because it's just easier for me that way on on Instagram and Tumblr to keep track of everyone that way. So, um, any final thoughts?
1: Uh, we did have a question, did we not? Actually, I think we did. Coming
2: from Joel's Hendrix. Why does that name sound familiar? I don't, do we, know, I don't know. Do we know her? It
1: seems like somebody I used to know, but I don't see very often.
2: <laughs> That's a <laughs> shot. Sometimes
0: I question if she still exists.
2: That's a shot.
0: <laughs>
2: Sorry, one of my favorite lines from Hexall Jim Duggan and Rowdy Piper when they would talk on their podcast. Someone take a dick. That's a shot. <laughs> um yeah her question was favorite Star what was our favorite Star Wars character ever?
1: Hmm. that is a tough question actually. I don't know.
2: Mine's always I mean, been mine's been always R2D2. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, he's a great character. Uh I've always been partial to Han Solo. Or Chewbacca, actually. I always love Chewbacca.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It might be somewhere in this Me direction, back? but I don't I don't know.
1: No. Not really, no. Um,
0: yeah. No, it would mean I'd have to, I think I'd have to go, it, it'd have to go between probably Luke and Yoda, just because I'm hilarious. always, I'm a sucker for the hero.
1: Yeah. Of course, there's always smaller characters that, you know, like I'm a fa- I've
2: always had a thing for IG-88. And- oh, IG-88 is awesome, too. But, I mean, ever, I have to, I have to say R2. mm Yeah, it's it's always R2.
0: I think I would have to go with Han and Chewie as a duo. Okay. Yeah, mine is going to have to be Luke Skywalker usually.
2: All right. So, hopefully, okay. Jules will be happy with those answers.
0: Well, if you guys would ever talk to her again, then maybe she would um, find out.
2: I, th- well, I think she needs to listen to the show or respond to us on Twitter.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Over on Wookiee Radio, or at Wookie Radio on Twitter. There we go. Ha. Ah. Nah. ah. Ah. Eh? Ah. Mm? ah. ah. Mm? Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you guys see the uh, Show the thing I post? Into. The thing I posted today on Facebook. I think I tagged you guys both in it. It was, it was Yoda asking who who you are or whatever it is, and, it, and Will I Am was answering Will I Am, and Yoda was just giving him a dirty look. <laughs>
0: That's no, I've right. not seen that. Actually, something that you, have you guys actually seen over on YouTube the um bad lip sync channel? Yes. 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 Have you seen Seagull stop it now? No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me I can bring up the song, but um I can play the song over this if you guys don't mind. But um a little bit of it. But uh sure. you guys can look up the video cuz the bad lip sync is a good part of it too, but imagine this is Yoda singing this whole thing. Uh it'd be just a second. No. <laughs> There we go. Here you go. This is, whoops, as they play an ad. You don't look like you're from around here. I can kill that.
1: <laughs> Put me down.
0: Now, imagine this is Luke and Yoda on Dagobah in Yoda's hut. Let bring the sound just a little. Penny for your thoughts. That's Yoda. I hate Brenda, and a bad guy hit me in the shin, and I peed all in my pants. <laughs> and, you, and Luke hits his head. Nothing a little music can't help.
2: Rocking and rolling Down to the beach I'm
1: strolling But <laughs> the seagulls poking
0: my head Not fun I said, seagulls, mm, stop it now Watching Yoda in the lip sync on this is amazing. It owns me every time.
1: <laughs> Everyone
0: told me not to stroll on that beach she loves it. Gonna come. Wow. Yeah. If anybody hasn't seen it, go check out it. The channel is actually bad lip reading, so it, it is a ama- it owns me every time.
2: <laughs> yeah, they've got they've got. Some Did you reach, see so. the video there? No, I didn't see it.
0: You guys have to go back and watch the video itself.
2: We are. So we are. that's my yeah.
0: recommendation for this week. Everybody's got to go. That's your homework. Will be done. But I love that whole telling the um, seagulls to stop poking him in his coconut.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> put the lime in the it's coconut. Up. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's gonna wrap it up,
0: give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the
1: chatter.
2: Jax! I can hold it. Pull on! No, I'm all, right. I'm all right.
0: I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit
1: i lost our 2 lost 2